Hello, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Roth. And this is Song vs. Song. Today, we are arguing over the song of the 2000s, as in starting from the year 2000 and going to 2009. It's really stupid. We didn't have a name for that decade. But the two songs we are going for are Yeah by Usher and Umbrella by Rihanna. Dan, which one would you like to defend? You know what actually happened? I just want people to know is that you told me these two, and I, I asked you which one that you wanted, mm-hmm. I think, and you said... I think, I'm pretty sure I said yeah, didn't I? You did. I said, yeah! Yeah, and I said, okay! <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I took, I took Umbrella. Uh, it was pretty easy, I have to say. Um, in the moment, it was easy, because I find that when we pick these two, we... We both reach into our hearts, <laughs> and uh, and my heart is is vaguely angsty and full of precipitation, apparently. Oh yeah, and uh, and your heart makes the booty go clap. Yes, my heart is full of joy at all times. It is saying yeah and okay and what. Yeah, that's what everyone who's know me is like, Mister Enthusiasm <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yep, that's true. I asked that before I got an a- before I knew you were going to have an answer, but I kind of always knew you were going to pick Rihanna anyway. That's true. Um, I think that that is that was the thing that made it easiest. When I say that um, I prefer that of the two songs, it is really that I don't have any strong feelings for the man who discovered Bieber. Oh God! And, yes, and, that and, is and, true. And, and sometimes host of NBC's The Voice, is Usher. He? Yeah, I just it's not that I have negative feelings towards him. Mm-hmm. I don't care about Usher. Uh whereas Rihanna is the celebrity for whom I most wish I was friends with. Yeah. As I recall, you you left Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets and the only thing you would talk about first is uh is Rihanna. That's true. She gave the only good performance in that film. She's the only person in that movie that I really like. Oh, I liked uh, what's her face's eyebrows. Does that count as a performance? You be uh, Dane DeHaan. No, you said her. Uh. Yeah, no, not Dane DeHaan. Dane DeHaan, who permanently looks like a child, but is I think in his thirties. Yeah, I, who's it? Kara Delevingne. Sure, that's the one. <laughs> All I remember about Valerian is that uh, Rihanna plays a shape-shifting alien, and obviously she had. Other things going on, <laughs> so she could not be the star of that movie. But had she been, it would have been a good film. Uh, you you only say this because you did not get to see uh, Usher's breakthrough performance in She's All That as the wedding prom DJ. Oh, that's right. I have seen She's All That. And you're still on Rihanna's side on, on I, as hard, an actor? Hard, hard to believe, but true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so here's what I'll say. I just want to just lay this out here. Um, there's a poll out in the world. We'll talk about the results of it later. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the comments, what a lot of people say is that, yeah, is the more quintessentially 2000s song of the two. Like, that's a good thing. <laughs> I know, you know, those are my formative years. So I, I will always have a, a strong uh, feeling for that decade, even though... Objectively speaking, it was a terrible decade. It well, it was uh, up until very recently the worst, <laughs> the worst decade of my life and the worst decade of many people's lives. Um, in fact, I was going to draw, because uh, I know you love so much when I do this, 
a political parallel, but this is for yucks, not to be serious. If you look at uh, Umbrella, that song came out in 2007, about a month after Barack Obama declared that he was running for president of the United States of America, which I consider the turning point from the 2000s bad to the <laughs> 2000s good. That is an entirely fair bellwether. For- and conversely, Yeah came out in 2004. Not a good year. And But wait, there's something that I discovered. Um, it wasn't the only Yeah of memory to happen within a two-week span. Within two weeks oh my of God. that is when Howard Dean oh gave my. his very famous, like, oh my God, we're going right. to North Dakota, <laughs> we're, going, we're going back to Washington, D.C. to, to going... take back the White House. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> yeah! So here's what I've realized. I definitely don't know who's going to win <laughs> the Democratic primary, but the person who is going to lose will be the one that ends a speech with, oh, <laughs> Would yeah have been in the, like that was like early early in the primary? I was like, would yeah, yeah. It, it literally within. I just looked it up uh, before you came over. It was about two weeks of each other. The one, I forget which is which, but w- one was the speech, and then two weeks later, I think was the song. It could have been vice versa, but regardless, it's I, I, feel, a, I feel it's like a, if it, it's singularly bizarre. I feel like if the song had come first, there would have been mashups everywhere. And that did not happen. I don't. Were we were we living in the era of the mashup to that degree in two thousand four? I don't remember. That's true. That's it true. Fe- it feels that is more of a twenty tens or a late two thousands proposition. Yeah, we were still getting used to the the jib jab in two thousand four. Yes, we should. <laughs> we could talk about the. The actual songs. Why don't uh, you know? Well, let's, you know let, what? Let's take that, rewind, rewind it back. back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Todd, uh, let's see if you can make the booty go. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, let me back that up even further. Like, I picked these songs because they are the two songs of the two thousands for me. Of the of of the pop scene in general. Yeah. I th- so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, for a, a, a. yes. So my my position on Umbrella is that. Uh, the reason that I consider it to be the best song, the best pop song of the 2000s is because it has the kind of crossover potential wherein I think every single group, singer, somebody did a cover of that song. It is one of the most covered songs of the decade. And honestly, even bands that did what were, I think, supposed to be parody versions, mm-hmm. still just good. Yeah, it is a everything song. except for Train. Train's the only one because fuck Train. They did a cover of Umbrella. They did. That is awful. Well, that's because Train is the worst band of the two thousands and arguably the one of the worst bands of all time. Although I tell you this, I've seen them do many excellent covers. But you should listen to this one. It sounds like Umbrella. I think Ella. I would. <laughs> I think I would rather not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, came out in two thousand four. Yep, and. I was not listening to any pop music in 2004. Me neither. I was like very, very deep into my indie rock phase, and 2004 was a good year to be into indie rock because that was the year of the uh, the Killers and Modest Mouse, Franz Ferdinand, and a whole bunch of other stuff. I think like the Yeah Yeah Yeahs that I don't remember. Usher was like the one guy who was able to penetrate that bubble because he was just so omnipresent that year. 
he even had a movie that year that came out that no one remembers that I haven't seen, but they buried it so quickly no one remembers it or it's like a gangster movie of some kind. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting because uh, then in 2007, there's kind of a parallel there in that uh, Jay-Z had done an unofficial album that was tied to a movie by Ridley Scott about gangsters. America Gangster, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of weird. What a strange parallel. <laughs> yeah, was so everywhere. I'm pretty sure I danced to a bunch of uh, high school dances to Yeah that year. And I bought that album, the uh, the deluxe album, Confessions Deluxe or Confessions Special Editions, because like it was so big, they were like, we're going to release a sequel to it right away because you needed Confessions Part 1 and Part 2. The original version of that album only has Part 2. It's weird. You don't get part one until the... Uh... Yeah, I wasn't listening to pop music at all. I can tell you for a fact that I was listening to the Sufjan Stevens Michigan album, <laughs> which had come out in 2003. Was that the second one after Illinois? or That was before. That preceded. Okay. Uh, and then I was listening to Seven Swans, also by Sufjan Stevens, which came out <laughs> in 2004. Those two albums on loop. I'm sure there was other stuff that I was listening to also, but I think that my obsession with this weird orchestral banjo playing gay guy from Brooklyn that loves Jesus. I think that kind of shows you the place that I was at and it so was definitely not- it was definitely not Usher or Lil John or Ludacris. <laughs> okay. Well, even if you were in that bubble, you were definitely you, you may have been able to avoid Usher. I'm sure you were not able to avoid Lil John. No, I mean it was that was inescapable. Yeah. Uh, I was I was a I was a person in their 20s. Mhm. There was it, I would have been 24. So yeah, no there was no way. <laughs> I think at 24, uh Lil John just came to your house. <laughs> knock on your door and say, "Is that you, Lil John?" <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and that, I'm I'm trying to remember if uh, yeah came out before or after the Dave Chappelle sketch, which altered Lil John's image like irreparably. Like, I mean, I don't know how to think of Lil John without thinking of that sketch. What? What? Okay. Yeah, I mean, and he certainly leaned right into it. He did. Why re- wouldn't he? I'm fairly certain a song called Yeah and a song called Okay and a song called What really quickly right after that and and then he disappeared like he had no other words to make songs out of well i don't think you realize this but uh little john was a ghost <laughs> with unfinished business okay okay, okay. Yeah. yeah what what and then he was done his business was completed and he yeah. ascended but he occasionally visits us every now and then to make us turn down for what and yes. other things like that. Occasionally. Is that him? No, no, that is definitely oh, him. Oh, okay. I don't know. When I got to the end of the decade, I was like, like it felt like, I was like, what is our song of the decade? Because, you know, Staying Alive was our song of the 70s, and Billie Jean was the song of the 80s, and Smells Like Teen Spirit was undisputably the song of the 90s. And it felt like we didn't quite have that for the year 2000. For the, the decade two, of 2000. The 2000s is the worst decade. <laughs> and I was just at, um, I went to an event that uh, your friend of mine, Princess Weeks, hosted talking about teen dramas. Uh huh. And uh, one of the things that she was talking about was, uh, was a scene from, I think it was Degrassi, wherein the girl who was cute wanted to become hot. 
And so the way she did it was by with the whale tail. Do you remember with the thong and the low rise jeans? And let me tell you something, nothing quite explains in one blinding image how bad the 2000s were, quite like the whale tail. It just, nobody looked good in it. I don't know who thought it was hot. It's the most confounding thing to ever happen. And that was that was a, from, I think, around 2003 to 2005, where it was really, really there. So, Usher, right in the midst yeah. of all that. Good job. That is absolutely a whale tail song. Like, it is. It is. Well, I mean, there's it's... It is the the banner song of a very specific subgenre. Crunk. Crunk and B. Crunk and B. Yeah. Combination of crunk and R and B. And there were a bunch of others that I think just like immediately faded. Like I can't remember a single one of them off the top of my head. But again, I was listening off to nothing but indie rock in two thousand four. Maybe if I'd been listening to more, I don't know, Young Bloods or Brooke Valentine or whoever all of Lil John's other proteges. Lil John's Time in the spotlight was very brief. I know. And yet, very long-lasting. <laughs> yes. He left a giant crater where he landed. Like, I was not listening to pop music before then either. Like, you would be been more plugged in than I was. Do you remember Maybe. Usher bef- before uh, uh, his, <sighs> his height in 04? Yeah, I mean, he was there. You know, but he was he was solidly just one of those R and B guys. Yeah, he was no, he, like he was there, but you know, he's just like a teeny bopper idol. He was kind of the the Bieber of his time, I guess. Yeah, I don't think he was. I don't remember him being quite as big, but uh, because Bieber was about as big as a as a young pop star gets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was there. I think people liked him. I think he seemed a little bit, if memory serves. He was sort of the classier one, you know? He felt a little bit closer to Michael Jackson. People thought maybe he could get to that place. And and, and in fact, the, uh, yeah, sort of described as if, you know, if Michael Jackson had still had it in 2004, <laughs> it's the sort of record he would have made. Yeah, well, you know, Usher is like Michael Jackson in that he was performing from a very, very young age. Yes. Like, he do, he wasn't big as a kid, but he was performing, putting stuff out there. He didn't really catch on till like, the late 90s. But in the mid-90s, you can find little, like, 13-year-old Usher dancing. He's got a song called Call Me the Mac. And uh, he he has got it at that age in a way that Justin Bieber absolutely did not. I still like Usher more than I like Bieber. Well, yes. I mean, Bieber has grown substantially as an artist, but he's no Usher. What do you th- want to say about Umbrella, Ella, Ella? Thank you for that introduction. <laughs> so the thing that I find interesting about it, the thing that jumps out about the song to me is the fact that it has been covered so many times. And in fact, it was tough for Rihanna to get this song. She had to fight a little bit. There was some dirty trickery happening to guarantee that the song became hers. It was originally supposed to be, they had written it with Britney Spears in mind Uh and Britney Spears reps had turned it down. Correctly. Britney Spears would not have done a good job on that. But I'll say this. It still would have been successful. I believe Problem. that. It still would have been a hit. And then it was also going to go to Mary J. That was the, hmm, Mary J. Was, was the one that people really wanted it to go to. That, that, was a, that, was, that was the big down and dirty fight, was that it was supposed Mary to go to Mary J. Blige. Blige. That's interesting. I, I, that'd be an dip, entirely different song. But again, I still think it would have been a hit. But the thing that makes it as big a hit as it is 
is Rihanna. Unquestionably, there is something. The song is weird. Rihanna is weird. They are. She is the right artist for that song. And what I like about it is that it's as far as the beat, it's very bare. You know, there's not really a lot going on. It's mostly that hi hat that they yeah. that sound that they literally got from Garage Band. Yeah, yeah no, it is. That hi hat is like. That song's a hit from the first measure before anyone says anything, before you have like a single note, just the beat, and it destroys. And they, they stole it from Garage Band. Yeah. That's the most amazing thing about it is that it's, it, it, it's so, yeah, before you hear anybody, before you hear anything, you immediately know that it's going to be something noteworthy. And then the weakest part of the song happens at the beginning, which is Jay-Z. <laughs> it's so weird because he's doing this and it's at the same time that he was doing American Gangster and yeah that was his big comeback album well there was no there was a comeback album right before that yeah but it bombed so like this was it, the comeback from the comeback it bombed I'm pretty sure that that album still sold two or three million records I mean it was but I think it was called Kingdom Come I think that's yeah. the name of it and it did not it was not well received I mean a lot of people bought it is all I'm saying yeah. but, but yeah so the American Gangster thing was a big deal. It was him sort of having a conversation about being a gangster as a result of, uh, you know, modern American capitalism. Right. And people had a lot to say about it. It was a thoughtful thing. And then here he is coming in and rapping about rain. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a weird thing that, like, there were many, many acts who were, like, I I feel like the record company was, like, a little unsure. Like, can they do this on their own? Like, not really. Can we get... And it was like the same three guys over and over, same four guys. It was either Jay-Z or Kanye or Lil Wayne or Ludacris who would like usher in the, them in the door. Usher. <laughs> nice. No. Who was like, yeah, don't worry. They're with me. They're cool. And like Jay-Z was like there to do the assist. I think he had a lot invested in Rihanna. Like he's like the guy who found her or something. Rihanna had a couple hits already though. She had. I don't, but the thing is that there is... The time before Umbrella <laughs> and the time after. Yeah, there is I, a there is a defining moment in her career, and it is this song. Yeah, and like sh- she has coasted off the success of Umbrella to much bigger heights. Like, and she's like the biggest pop star in the world still, even though she hasn't released anything since twenty sixteen. I, I was, was going to say coast to nothing. Yeah, I would I mean, never. I would very, never describe what Rihanna does as coasting. She that is was a, true, a poor. Yeah. That was a poor choice of words. That is correct. I think that it's that there's something about Umbrella, and there's something about the fact that that she is sort of the success that Sia never was. Yeah, uh, that she was she her star was able to shine brighter than clearly like the person. Yes, yes, <laughs> but more so than the person who I think is probably her largest uh, influence. Because you can you can literally hear it. You can hear the influence between the two of them and the way that they both sang. But this song in particular came out has I mean has nothing to do with Sia, but yeah. it just cuts through everything to me. Again, this song of the two was the one that was the emotional gut punch. This is a song that you listen to it and it emotionally has something to say that is powerful and validating and beautiful and touching. And yeah, I just, I feel you can really stand good. Under my, with, you can stand under my umbrella is a very powerful sentiment. And I mean, you know, it's it, it comes from 
a, a, a good place uh, in the sense that, you know, songs about umbrellas are out there, you know? I mean, a lot, of the, a lot of the um, the best or have that concept of being, you know, involved with rain and stuff, yeah. you know? I mean, we'll talk about its relation to singing in the rain maybe a little <laughs> bit later. I think there's a zombie song about... Um, don't know that about one sharing an umbrella and like falling on, in love while whilst sharing an umbrella. I think Are you thinking is, of Bus Stop by the Holly? Oh, I'm wrong. Yeah. It's the Holly. Sorry. I mean, it could have been a zombie song. Be honest. That's true, but it was not. But yeah. Anyway, smart ass. <laughs> yeah, that's the that is the song that I think of when I think of this one, and I also think of uh, I'm only happy when it rains by Garbage <laughs> for some reason. And yet, I think that the song kind of in its strange accidental way has dna from all of that type of stuff it's that it's an it's got an r it's a bit of an r&b song it's it's kind of soulful but it's also a but it's also a rock song oh yeah there was some heavy guitar on that yeah it's just it really is it's a song for everybody i can't imagine if you say you don't like this song like what would that even say about you i think i think what it means is that you didn't want to like it so you're telling people and you're telling yourself i find it hard to believe that you don't at least a little bit (laughs) it's just it's too meaningful it's too it's too good it's such a little cinnamon roll well you said you you said it's a very basic song there's a there's like a real feeling of like this happened by accident like we were not intending to write the greatest song ever and we just kind of fell into it. Well, they wrote it so quick. They heard so they heard that hi-hat sound. Uh-huh. Uh these two guys that were working on it and I think they laid down the the lyrics in about a minute. Oh, oh you can tell. Yeah. yeah. You know, my favorite thing like there's a a tiny little bit in BoJack Horseman where they flash back to 2007 and the way they do it is like they hit play on the radio and they're using the beat from Umbrella to signify that it's 2007, which they can do because it's free. Yep. You can get it free off GarageBand. I thought it was hilarious. But like, yeah, anyway, the lyrics, I, I printed them out here because they are kind of terrible. The, the verses especially, together we'll mend your heart, with you I'll always share, share what, I don't know. Like they, re, You can really tell they toss these off in like five seconds. And yet. And yet. And yet, when Rihanna sings it, you believe it. Yes. That's the thing about it. That is the magic of this song is that it is as basic as a song can be. Mm-hmm. And yet, but I think that's sort of the magic of music is that sometimes if it's a really, really simple idea communicated mm-hmm. by the right vessel, mm-hmm. it can be sort of weirdly transformative. And Rihanna is is the one. Do you remember the, the music video? Yes, I do. I'm going to say it once and then we'll leave it to the side. Okay. Rihanna is hot. She is a beautiful, stunning, gorgeous human being. Oh my God, that video. (laughs) And she's very hot in it. She remains incredibly attractive. And the thing is that in the interim between Umbrella and now, I think that people have gotten to know what type of person that she is. Mm -hmm. And whereas many, many public figures across every platform and medium, usually the more you find out about them, the less there is to (laughs) like. I think that people have just found layer upon layer of reasons to say, wow, Rihanna is a strangely grounded person for as big as she is. She never comes across as when when her ego seems big, you think, well, yeah, she's earned. Rihanna earned that is earned, but she doesn't do it all the time. And she's someone who gives back. She's someone who's saying, you know, thinking, 
how do I help create makeup for the kind of people that don't get makeup made for their skin tone specifically? How do I make clothes for people that feel like they're not getting the type of clothes that they want to wear? You know, I mean, she's a real entrepreneur, but every time she does it, it actually feels as though she's not somehow up on the top of a mountain, but still among the people. It's the difference yeah. between Rihanna and Beyonce, quite frankly. Not to be an asshole and compare <laughs> the two of them. I mean, like, this is not a slam against Beyonce, but Beyonce literally feels like, you know, she's like a goddess up on high. But yeah. Rihanna's like Lady Di. You know what I mean? She's the, <laughs> she, she is the, the, princess. the people's princess. <laughs> she is the people's princess. Absolutely. 100%. There's something about her that she's so cool. You'll never be as cool as her. But I think... I think that everybody deep down wants to be friends with her and and feels a real kinship towards her. Our perception of Rihanna has changed a lot in like 12 years since Umbrella came out. Like I I just rewatched the Umbrella video and she looks so young and so innocent like y- Yes. Yeah, well I mean I guess I mean yeah. I don't I don't know if innocent is the word. I, I mean the thing well, the, she's the good girl gone bad. I but, know. <laughs> I mean that was that was the image that they they were trying to portray, you know. And also I mean gosh, this is such a weird I don't feel like the wrong person to talk about it, but you know, I mean that was also since then she's gone through this phase of her life where people have given her a hard time for, you know, aging and gaining weight as people do. Uh, and then saying she's not as attractive as she I, used to be or I, her attractiveness is somehow not as innocent and it's bullshit. I, I miss this and I am glad I did. Yeah, people are really shitty to Rihanna in this one regard. They want to give her a bad time about her body. I don't think anybody does it anymore, but there was a solid year or two where I saw people starting to do it. People's bodies mature. Let me tell you, um, <laughs> my body does not look the way that it did in 2004. That is for damn sure, and I'm really glad that we're doing a podcast and not a video. <laughs> uh, because if somebody wanted to look at pictures of me from 2004 versus 2019, I would be very embarrassed. And Rihanna definitely has nothing to be well, embarrassed. Well, y- you about. know what? Who still looks as good as he did in 2004 is Usher. That is a fact. <laughs> yeah, you really can't come for Usher. I mean, he. I mean, he looks virtually identical. Well, he was just in a boxing movie the other, like a, a year or so ago. He's playing like Sugar Ray Robinson. And so, like, he is, like, somehow more fit than he was in 2004, which is ridiculous. He really was the Michael Jackson of that moment in 2004, yeah. and he's definitely not that now. Well, he, he did not really sustain it. After Confessions, he should have been the biggest star in the world, and he followed that up with Love in This Club, Want to Make Love in This Club. Do you remember this one? Because I vaguely remember it. Barely. Do you know the story behind the Confessions album? No, you want to tell me? Yeah, well, he was dating Chili from TLC for a long time, and then he cheated on her, and that ended the relationship. And he rele- released this whole album about what a piece of shit he is, and like that's the name of the Confessions. Confessions, Confessions Part 2. Well, this part is not true to real life, but he's like, also, I got a girl pregnant. That one turned out to be based on the producer, not so much Usher. And people don't realize that, yeah is actually part of this. And we were talking about like how Umbrella does a lot, even though it's so basic. I mean, yeah, it's an extremely basic song. Like all crunk songs were, there was just like the very fewest notes played really loudly and screamed over. This amazed me when I discovered this a while back. Uh, yeah, is a cheating song. But he, wait, he didn't write this song though. This again, the same thing is not his song. Oh, he did. He did write this. Are you sure about I'm, that? I mean, I'm going to double check that. I I was fairly certain he did. Here's what I remember. This album didn't have a hit on it. They'd had a planned single, but everyone was convinced that that single was it was Burn or something. Burn is great. It but, is it's not yeah, but it is a great. 
But the deal was Usher wanted it to be the first single, but basically everybody else agreed that it was great, but not great enough. It wasn't going to be a, a game changer, that it wouldn't set the world on fire. So they needed something else. And there was another guy who'd had a bunch of songs and they brought him in. And I can't remember to whom that was. I don't know if it was Lil John or what. I was sure yeah, uh, Usher had a co-writing credit on this because I'll, I'll show it to you later. But uh, yeah, I guess you were right. Usher did not write this. But I mean, it's fine that it links up. Is it? A, it's a cheating song? You've heard this song, I'm sure, a billions of times. What are the lyrics? I go, yeah, yeah. Really? You're going to? No, I had no idea. I've heard this song many times, and you can't make out what he's saying there. Say, like, yeah, yeah. Shot a get down. Said, come and get me. Yeah, yeah. Got so caught up, I forgot she told me. Yeah, yeah. Her and my girl used to be the best of homies. Oh, that's very bad. Yeah. So, not only was he cheating, he was cheating with a, apparently a friend of his girl. He's not going to be saying yeah for the rest of that album. Yeah. He's going to be very, very sad. Oops, oops. <laughs> I did it again. Speaking of Britney. Not a very happy song for a song called Yeah. Well, you know, when it's happening, you don't notice, I guess. Uh, Usher doesn't strike me as a guy who thinks all that hard about things. Actually, I'll I, check. Oh, let me give a, let me call my old pal Usher. Up <laughs> Usher and, Raymond. Actually, you know what? I think that's not fair because I watched his behind the music. He was talking about when he was a little kid, mm-hmm. like he's like, you know, 12, 13, 14. He's, you know, he's got hot shit, shit written all over him. And but like his his label head, which who was Puff Daddy, was like, you need to know what you're singing about. So he would like Usher calls it Flava Camp, where he, <laughs> and he's like talking about it like, yeah, and I was like exposed to drugs and orgies and I was 14 and he was like saying this like he's just realizing like man that was fucked up that's that's a child yeah yeah that's a i don't feel so yeah about that yeah 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 Yeah. there is one thing i feel like uh yeah has that umbrella does not okay and then i believe that there is one thing that umbrella has that yeah does not but go ahead but go off i guess (laughs) shut up all right it is of course Luda. Yes, that is the, uh, I mean, if you look at the individual parts of the recipe, right, all the ingredients, it's crazy to me that Luda still stands out as the best part of the song. Because Usher, great in this song. Lil John, decade defining. <laughs> but the flow that Ludacris has on this is really great. It's it's really a great guest track. Luda got the flow to make the booty go. He really did. <laughs> you can't take that away. I mean, many, many booties clapped. I remember looking it up, like who had the most top 40 hits of the decade of the 2000s, and it didn't really surprise me to find out that it was Ludacris because he was on everything just appearance-wise. Like, he was always the guy who could push a song over the top. Like, he is the best guest rapper of the uh, of the 2000s. And Jay-Z certainly has claim to that. He did a lot of decent guest verses. I know, but he doesn't, he never seems as game. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Ludacris comes into a track and just is so happy to be there. Almost he, always. He's always giving it his all on every guest verse. And you you can see people who like, uh, Kendrick Lamar is the one who stands out to me where he's like, paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 
I don't know. He was almost better on those than he was on his own music, and he was very good on his own music. He's one of the good things to come out of that decade. And I guess this is unfair, and maybe I'll get in trouble for uh, for pointing this out, but Umbrella, mm-hmm. quite by accident, and in a way having almost nothing to do with the song itself, mm-hmm. remains in the zeitgeist, all thanks to one skinny white boy in 2017. I don't know. Oh, you're, you're talking about uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about Tom Holland. This is such a weird thing. It's so strange. You know, I actually, in a way, I think that not quite since Mike Myers and Dana Carvey sang along to Bohemian Rhapsody in Wayne's World, Mm. did a song get completely, like a great song, a song that people already loved, get pulled all the way back to the front of people's minds for a, a solid year. That as soon as that happened, that video, that lip sync battle of Tom Holland in drag uh, doing this lip sync of Umbrella. It was, I mean, it was everywhere. As far as I remember, it was really, it was beloved. Yeah, I remember seeing it. I, he may have outdone Rihanna in the video. I mean, I don't want to, <laughs> yeah, I will say this, you know, what the, the coolest thing about that was that uh, he gave an interview after it happened. There was, you know, a, a clickbaity headline, which is, um, the one regret that Tom Holland has about his lip sync of Umbrella, and everybody thought it was going to be, oh, he, he wishes he hadn't done it in drag, or you know, he's got yeah. regrets, or blah blah blah. No, no, no. They said you should do it in heels, and he balked at it, <laughs> and then he realized after the fact that he he absolutely could have done it. He said, you know, I mean, I my background is in ballet and dance. I absolutely could have. I did not know that. Yep, he absolutely could have done it, and he just, I think it was because a lot of these things, uh, the way the approval went. Mm-hmm. He didn't know for sure that he was doing it. I mean, until it, I think seven hours before, like they had. I think they had practiced it a little bit before then, but I don't think they had had a ton of time for him to really do a full prep. So even though he is a professional dancer, he I think was a little nervous, and now in hindsight realized that. Well, he that is done definitely not a thing you want to do without prep. This has shocked me to learn that uh, Rihanna is not actually doing the ballet stuff in that video. I did not know that. It's cut really well, so you can't tell, but she's not doing the... On point, I guess. I, I don't know ballet terms. Sure. Okay. Okay! The little tippy-toe things. Good job. <laughs> I guess in that way, Tom Holland does do it a little bit better. His stuff is... Yeah. He does a really great job in that video. Go back and watch that if, you, if you've somehow managed to avoid it, or if you haven't seen it in a little while. I rewatched it because we were doing this podcast, and uh, it fucking holds up. Yeah, you know, you said Umbrella does... Everyone covers it. Well, you know, it's such a basic song. Like, if you are not Lil John, you should not be doing, yeah. That's a hard one to pull off. You need a lot to, going on there. You got to have an Usher and a Lil John and a Ludacris. You can do Umbrella without being Jay-Z. You can skip that part entirely. And I suppose in that way, it makes it sort of hard to decide which is actually the better song because... Yes, anybody can do Umbrella, but Rihanna, I think... Does it the best? Absolutely. Does it best. Conversely, I don't think anybody can do... Yeah, except for those three dudes. You have to have all three of them, otherwise it doesn't work. Yeah, and in in fact, take... I mean, people do it in karaoke all the time, but that doesn't make it good. You know, I go to my local karaoke bar all the time. I hear people do all of the Rihanna songs. I've never heard anyone do Yeah. 
That's something you got. That's something you got to prepare for. I think. I guess so. Oh well, now we've got our work cut out for us. We'll have, we'll have to. You want to be Little John? You want to be ludicrous? Oh uh, gosh, oh, I'm definitely not Usher. <laughs> no, not neither am I. That that I know. I uh, do not have the abs for that. <laughs> All right. I think I think I'll take Little John. You've you've got the flow to be Luda more so than I the do. The flow to make the booty go. Yeah. I mean, I can't really speak to in real life because you are a man of mystery. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's true. All right, what did the what did the what did the the readers who to okay, voted in the get, poll think? You know, I asked them which is the song of the 2000s and the the results came in Usher won with 61%. Wow. That is much I kind of wonder if I'd asked which is the better song. Oh, if that would have changed the result. Yes, I do. Uh, it's entirely possible. I mean, that was, I looked through, without looking at what the the final tally was, I looked at the comments, and yeah, everyone kept saying that that was the one that was more quintessentially 2000s, and that is not and always a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't have been that high is what I feel like, and I, I went with yeah too, but like it should, it was a lot closer than 61% to 39%. Yeah, I agree. I'm a little shocked that it's it is quite what that is, just because having sat down and listened to both of them back to back several times, one of them makes my booty go clap. <laughs> it is not yeah. Yeah. Well, you ready for the next one? Yeah. What ready is to, it? Ready to stake out your claim for which one of these two you want? Oh boy, okay. Okay. Your two options are Got My Mind Set on You by George Harrison and Kokomo by the Beach Boys. <laughs> oh, he's making such a face. He's making such a face. Which we should have left these guys in the sixties songs. Yeah. You, uh you know what? That's easy. I'm taking Harrison. I I figured you would. And I was hoping you would because I really wanted Kokomo. All right. I'm excited. I'm really glad that continuously we just seem to happen to take the opposite each time. I mean I yeah. don't I think there's a lot to say about Kokomo, and I certainly remember it very well uh, because I was, I'm was i old. So anyway, all right. All right. Well, I was Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Roth. And that was Song vs. Song. Tune in next time for some really bad 60s backwash in the 80s. All right. <laughs> Good night. Good night.